Recently, I had the chance to talk to Anna Xavier from the podcast space on her podcast, The Podcast Space, and we went over some of the new results from the Latino Listener Report from Edison Research concerning the growth of the Latino podcast listening community, as well as the growth of original Spanish podcast content. We talked about Hispanic engagement and bilingual content creation in the podcasting industry, my personal journey of creating two podcasts, this one, Focus in Bloom Podcast, and Bloom Creativo. And we also talked about other strategies and mindset tips to help other creators in navigating the podcasting landscape. Thank you, Anna, for having me on your podcast. I'm Jesenia, your video podcast and marketing coach, and this is Focus in Bloom Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. It's National Hispanic History Month. And so here in the U.S., we're celebrating all things Latin. This episode is no exception. And so uh, in this episode, we're going to be delving into how engaged are U.S. Hispanics in the podcast world? If your business is looking to expand into the Latin market, should you add a Spanish podcast? Or will listeners find a way to you into your English content? Or also, if you're a bilingual podcaster, um, are you struggling to find your identity? Which one should you pick? And uh, if you've been paralyzed by inaction because of imposter syndrome, you definitely need to listen to this episode. So as a multilingual professional myself, I wanted to delve into these topics, but I felt like even though I do speak Spanish and I grew up in uh, next to Spain, I felt like I wasn't really qualified to this to talk exclusively about this. So I invited my friend Yesenia Bocanegra because she's a bilingual podcaster and coach, and uh, she's going to be talking about her journey into creating not only one, but two podcasts, uh, her Focus and Bloom podcast and Bloom Creativo. So we ended up recording this podcast episode before the latest Latino podcast listener report came out. So we focused a lot on the content strategy, mindset, and practical tips to help you stay on track. So before we delve into the conversation, let me share with you a few stats that we didn't touch on, but I think are important to consider no matter your journey if you're in the U.S. So since 2020, monthly podcast listeners among U.S. Latinos increased 52%. And that's compared to only 14% in the general U.S. population. So it's a substantial increase. A lot of that has to do as well with YouTube. And we delve into that into the episode and, and what actually has changed. Now, if you're listening and thinking, well, I have a podcast in English. And why is this relevant? Why should I listen? Haha, great question. <laughs> so basically, the same report mentioned that 23% of U.S. Latinos listened to one English uh, language podcast in the last week. So, you know, they are listening to English content and Latino podcast listeners are more likely to be entrepreneurs. So if you're targeting entrepreneurs here in the U.S., it's absolutely something that you need to consider. Then this report also highlighted that nearly 70% of listeners said that they listened to another podcast advertised on another show. So there's potential for you to grow through um, feed drops and collaborations with other podcasters. and. Um, I like this percentage over half. So 60% said that they did gather more information about a company or product that they heard first on a podcast. What that means is that excellent news if you have a sponsor or if you're thinking about approaching a sponsor and you know already that you have a big population of U.S. Latino listeners. Before we delve into the interview, I want to talk about like 41%, 41% of Latino weekly podcast listeners shared that they listen to a Latino host podcast uh, in the last week, which means that if you're thinking about maybe doing a transition to a Spanish-speaking podcast, 
Or if you want to do both, like uh, Yesenia does, you absolutely need to consider that. And so, you know, obviously the best time to release the podcast was yesterday. But these stats give you confidence that if you're wanting to transition and try new things, it's absolutely important to do it now. So um, I'm not going to bore you more with uh, details and stats. If you want to read more, the full report, the link to access that will be in the show notes. So make sure that you go to those. And of course, lastly, introduce myself. If you haven't met, hello, I'm Anne Xavier. I'm the founder of the podcast space. This podcast is the place where you come to get unstuck to elevate your podcast journey and to learn about things in podcasting that not everyone's talking about. So if you haven't, please make sure that you subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. Talk to me on social media where you can share with me your ahas. I love reading them and obviously like replying to you too. So um, without further ado, let's get into the podcast episode with Yesenia Bocanegra. Welcome to Hispanic Heritage Month at the podcast space. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, my God. I was so excited to have you. I was like, yeah, and I'm like going to throw in some Spanish and practice. And then my brain's like, no, girl, we're not doing this. It's the time. <laughs> my gosh. I got to be honest, I am so excited for this conversation because you and I have been talking about you know, doing something together, collaborating. I love your content. I love uh, that you do content uh, in two separate languages, in English and Spanish, and you have two separate communities. And just the content you put you put out there is just such high level that I'm just always amazed at what you do. So I was like, we have to collaborate 100%. So I am really thrilled to talk about this and, and also like to to let you shine and, and, and share your wisdom with our community. So um, so tell me a little bit about when you're thinking about, you know, content, you and I talk about how as a creator, you have an identity, right? Like when you're talking um, in content in English and Spanish, and uh, I mentioned this to you, I was like, it's like you have double personality, you light up, uh, you're just talking in such a, a different intonation is so interesting. And so... I only talk in English uh, for my community anyway, but um, how, do you, how do you navigate that? Like, do you feel like you have two identities or it just flows through you? <laughs> That's so funny because it, it feels different when I'm speaking, when I'm thinking and creating content in one language versus the other. If I've been creating content for one particular in one particular language longer than the other and I start um like let's say i've been doing spanish for quite some time and then now i'm picking up again doing more content in english my brain just goes like haywire like wait what language am i doing <laughs> and vice versa so i mean i guess that 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 happens but um the strategic way of, of all of this is there's a lot of trial and error a lot of testing because it's like you said it's two different audiences um my english speaking audience is mainly located in the united states my Spanish speaking audience is mixed within the United States, Spain and Mexico. So I've got three very different locations. Um, so it's, there's a ton of testing and, and, and seeing what is resonating with each audience and, um, and just going back and forth to analytics, going on YouTube and going on, on Captivate and see, you know, what, what episode is performing the best. And like, if I'm, finding some sort of trends in, 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 in my own content. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that happening behind the scenes. I do enjoy doing it, obviously, because otherwise I will not. It's a lot of work. I'm not, 
going to deny that one single bit, but I really enjoy it because it's a it's a way that I'm giving back to my own community. Um, I've I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. I lived there until I was 26. I've been here um, 11, 12 years in the States. So I and I and I always wanted to do something, whatever that might be, that would give back to my community. Um, so I think being able to create content in Spanish is a little bit of a small way for me to do that. And um, I've been very happy with the results that I've been seeing and just the how people are receiving the the content. and. Yeah, it just keeps me going and I really enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, your Spanish podcast actually was featured uh, on, was topping the charts multiple times. And I was like, hell yes, yes, that is amazing. <laughs> so that was cool. That was definitely unexpected. It went, so according to some of the data that I found from like in the past year, uh, some of the bigger markets in Spanish speaking podcast creators is in majority of Spain followed by Argentina and then Mexico. So those were my two goals, like Spain and Argentina uh, to for me to hit the the charts. And then within three months of of airing the pop, the podcast last year, it went ahead and, and topped the charts in both Spain and Argentina. And it goes and shifts throughout different countries in Latin America. But like, oh, yeah, this is exciting. So it's just it's a little bit of a vanity metric for sure, but it's like, oh, yes, it's there. <laughs> yes, well, you know, you, you, you see that you're creating traction in what you're doing. And as Spotify is releasing data and, and you know, pretty much showing that, yeah, like the, the Spanish um, content consumption is increasing year on year. You know, should people consider creating content on their own language? Like that's something that you have to de de to determine if it makes sense for you as a creator to go and go across the pond um, and, and think like, OK, do I want to create content for Spanish speaking communities? Like what's the for you? What was the decision? How how did you make that decision? That decision was almost 10 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Because, well, actually less. So in 2015, I started my YouTube channel. At that time, I was uh, just focusing on uh, photography, mainly fashion and portraiture at the time. Um, so I started my YouTube channel because I, I was working with another photographer who was doing YouTube. And I'm like, well, I need to do that. Um, so I started. And um, and right, right away, I was like, oh, should I do it in Spanish? Should I do it in English? Should I do it in both? Should I translate? So um, it's always been in the back of my mind. And I, I remember uh, a few years later, I saw another photographer, also a Puerto Rican, based in New York, and he started creating content in Spanish. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing a trend here. So, um, so I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I need to. So I started creating content in Spanish. I would either, I would mix it around a little bit. So, so some of the content would be, I would create a video in, in English and I would do that same version in Spanish or maybe dub it in Spanish and then or maybe just do some uh, subtitles in Spanish. And I got some traction. I was very happy with that. But again, a lot of work. And I did not I did not have a strategy of what I was going to be creating and why I was going to be creating uh, any of the videos. So um, it took. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Then I'll I'll wrap up with what I was thinking. Oh, okay. So so yeah, I took a I took a pause for many years, and then last year somebody I went on a I had a coaching call, and she said, like, "Why are you not creating content in Spanish?" 
like you you have here that you said you're multilingual you're not taking advantage of the, those skills i'm like okay I, you're right and i had already been thinking about it some other people would say why or would ask me why i wasn't creating content in spanish i'm like you know what universe is pushing me to create content in spanish let's do this again <laughs> <laughs> that is funny and so um a lot of times people and i love that you were earlier providing a few options uh of alternatives like you can dub you can put subtitles like you don't have to create the content from scratch if you don't want to do it um which is clever because again you know like so many people listen to the content and uh they there's there's a lot of of time requirements on that so um so tell me a little bit about the strategy actually like for you as multilingual were you looking at the content and thinking i just want to replicate the same content uh were you looking at maybe thinking okay how will this resonate what i know about you know my community um from teaching from you know experiencing so initially no strategy it was just a matter of i had an idea and i would create it and then i would create its spanish version but starting last year when i decided to start with the podcast um i figured well let me just start with the beginning so anybody everybody wherever we are in terms of our career we need to start somewhere so i'll meet i'll meet my audience there at the very beginning and see how that resonates. So I started work, uh, talking about very basic or, yeah, very simple, basic uh, marketing and video and podcast uh, type of content to see how that would resonate with people. And then I, I would start seeing uh, trends occur in both my content in English and Spanish, where maybe if it was too basic of a, a concept, it wouldn't perform as well in English, but that similar content would perform well in Spanish. So um again going back to having very different different audiences so like even right now feel like my audience in my youtube channel in english is more like intermediate or have a, has a little bit more of an experience and it's more tech driven versus what i'm seeing right now in my audience in spanish is more beginner freelancer i need to i need help figuring this out <laughs> that right. kind of thing so i really did not want to just create one thing and copy it in another language because I was going to get bored with it, period. <laughs> I don't hear That's such a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to get like hear myself. And I have some people who are also bilingual following me from for a very long time. So I want to provide value for them in either language. So um, whatever language they prefer learning in. So uh, those were two big key decisions for me that helped me determine if I was just going to copy and replicate another content in another language, or if I was going to create content and create something different, which adds more to the whole thing of it takes time to create content in multiple languages. But, um, but again, if it, it goes back to being able to get back and enjoying the, the process, right? Like I, when you're starting out your business, you have all these ideas and like you're, you're in this phase of like discovery, right? You're excited about what you're doing and you're, you're very hopeful for things to go well. So uh, you just want to learn, right? You're like a sponge. So sort of that's where my mindset is, where I'm, when I'm creating that type of content, I'm just kind of thinking of my, the younger self of me when I started my business in Puerto Rico. Like I, I need help. I want people, I want to learn from somebody. So that's sort of... Mm the story behind that <laughs> okay that's interesting and and something that we're gonna do is talk about a little bit about how your identity shifts 
from creating content in your native language versus creating content in English or vice versa. And uh, you and I both were talking about imposter syndrome and how it shows up really differently. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because we were both freaking out in a way. We're like, oh, my God, we want to talk about this. <laughs> well, we were. Um, so we were talking about imposter syndrome the other day, and we were just reference, referencing different examples. Um, one from a client of mine who was now shifting to adding content in English uh, and and. She had said something to me and I'm like, no, 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 don't say this. You're belittling yourself. Like, no, 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 you forget about it. Just show up with your accent. However, just show up. The important thing is having your content. And then like maybe two days later, I had an email for my return client that wanted to do a, a project that I know I can do. But immediately I got that email. I just put up a wall. Boop. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know if I can do this, like immediately imposter syndrome wall right there. And it's like, wow, there it's like one moment I am like helping somebody and like telling them, don't worry about this. You you got this. You can do this. I like I know she can. And then a few like, hours later, I am like just putting myself down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and I. And then funny enough, like after that conversation, I was doing a presentation uh, about podcasting in uh, here in mm -hmm. Dallas, and I nearly fainted on stage uh, because I I started the, the presentation three minutes in and suddenly. So as a non-English native speaker, I had for years this fear of like, what if I don't know the right word to say? And this all stems because I did radio in Portugal. And so in my head, like what they drill into you is like, there's no silence in radio. And if there's silence, like something's wrong or is like right. pause for dramatic effect. And so in my mind, I was like, there must be no silence. And so in that moment, my brain comes in and there's this this like quote that is whispered into my my ear by, you know, my imposter is like, what if you forget every single thing about this presentation? And it, I almost shut down and I almost fainted within like, oh you gosh. know, one minute because I started freaking out. And I was like, no, I know, absolutely. But then I'm like, oh, oh what my if? gosh, it was so strange. And this was about podcasting, something that I've been talking about like for years. I can talk about this like with no preparation whatsoever. And for some reason, I freaked out so much that like I was like, I couldn't breathe. And it was really hot in the room as well. So that didn't happen. Didn't well, help, you are in Dallas. <laughs> true. Like, that was easy. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we weren't outdoors. But it was so wild to me how, like, you and I were talking about imposter syndrome. And within that day, I guess it got, like, in the subconscious of my brain. And just it just lingered there. And so then I got myself together and I made fun of myself. And kind of how ridiculous it was. And I was like, oh, I'm glad y'all stayed. And, you know, um, and so like it was the best presentation ever. But like it shows up so much in podcasting where we don't show up, where we don't send emails, where we don't email um, organizations to partner up because we feel like as hosts, we have an accent or, you know, like we just feel less than. And I just recorded a podcast episode on like the fake it until you make it. And I feel like as multilinguals, we fall so much onto this trap where we feel like our identity cannot 
isn't enough, right? Like our experience, maybe we have a world of experience. Like I've worked in Portugal, in the UK and in the US, but somehow I still feel like I have to go and like pick my awards and pick my like whatever in order to justify like, oh yeah, like, okay, maybe I'm worthy of it. So how does your imposter syndrome show up on your on your end normally on your podcast and your creative journey? Just, it's like, I think it, it, it probably shows up with comparison. Like, you know, maybe I'm seeing this person on Instagram. It's like, oh, they have it. Oh my gosh. And they're, they're saying they're, they, they're doing this or they have these amount of downloads or like they got the sponsorship or whatever. I'm like, I really, I don't have that. And it, it's just, it, it, there's something that comes in. It's like a shower of just stress. <laughs> that yes. comes in and then i'm like okay i need to stop and like i stop like i do like the the thing that where you don't get the notifications their notifications oh, for yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. amount of time not i'm following them but like the you mute them. yeah that one um so i'm like okay i, I need to focus refocus on me <laughs> but it happens i mean it's just um it, it's it's not easy running a business and and it can often be very lonely so of course, it's you against you, right? So it's a lot of things could could come in, and maybe you're not super. Maybe you know, po- podcasting is involves technology, so maybe you're like, oh, I'm not good with technology, so that kind of freaks you out, and and then you feel like you can't do it when yeah. you can. It's just it might take you a moment more, a moment longer than another person, but don't ask me to do a, a difficult math problem because I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Now, talk, exactly. tell me how to troubleshoot a camera. I'm like, okay, give me that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, and, and it's so funny because, like, we can get in our way. And if we, like, we would never talk to ourselves, talk to other people the way we talk to ourselves, right? And in my mind, like, one of those things, like, again, it's always, like, the insecurities we have. And, like, one of the insecurities I have in my, apart from, like, will I forget? the freaking word now that happens in Portuguese when I'm thinking Portuguese sometimes I'm like stressed when I have to be interviewed in Portuguese I'm like oh my god like I don't know if we're gonna be be able to remember a word but uh, I mean we're literally doing this podcast right Right. now in English and it is so ridiculous Um, but the way that it shows up for me is when I'm editing like I'm thinking that like that pause that I was thinking about the word that like trying to find the best word again I'm I speak Portuguese Spanish French I can understand Italian and sometimes my brain is like know the exact word <laughs> in another language and I'm like not helpful right now um and uh to me when I'm listening back to it when I'm editing I was like oh my god I thought it was like the longest time in my head it was like five seconds and it was just like two and I'm like this is ridiculous so um so apart from like turning off the notifications when like your imposter shows up mm. when you're podcasting um how do you navigate that imposter and how you like kind of tell yourself like this is no we're not I'm cutting this off I'm timing myself out like how do you do it I think I, it it depends on of when in the like the season if you will what I do is just I just shut the door to my office and I do something completely different just so that I can disconnect myself from it um because i also enjoy i I enjoy so much what i do that i don't want i want to keep it fun and i don't want to like 
pattern myself down and and just because of imposter syndrome. So sometimes I just separate myself from what I'm doing and take a break and uh, see what I need to do to like recenter and re remind myself that I've done cool things. Um, like I need to remind myself and actually was going to do it today. And I, I meant to do it before this, this, this conversation. I have this big post-it. I wanted to do like write down all my wins for the year, like just really big nice. <laughs> as, a, as a reminder, like you did this. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, I have my notebook of achievements that I always talk about. Nice. Like I always note down, take notes of like things that happen and it can be as simple as like, um, you know, someone buying a course from me or um, like me, I don't know, like collaborating with a brand that I've been wanting to to do for a long time. And then you just like go through the book and you're like, holy cow, I've done all of these things. Um, and then on the digital side, I have an, a little like uh, folder which has screenshots of messages that listeners sent out or like comments on, you know, like uh, posts that I've done. And so that helps me get really centered in the fact that like it doesn't matter, you know, like I'm still creating impact. I'm still creating change. Um, and and so that's how I do it. So you do. OK, so you take those like very visible, almost like <laughs> a mood board of like, but like of achievements. Right. So earlier on, you touched on this and I was like, oh, I want to dig deeper. So um, you were talking about having fun and we're going to go into having fun and identity. And do you have more fun when you're creating content in one of the languages? I don't think I have more fun in one or the other because okay. and i think it might be the fact that i although i was born and raised in puerto rico my first language is spanish i also grew up at the same time speaking english so i don't i can easily switch between the two and i don't have even i don't have a preference um so i think it's i don't i don't have more fun in one or the other i think it's equal <laughs> okay got it all right well, but I think it's a good exercise to like as a creator, if you're cre considering creating content in both languages or like determining which one, like really pay attention to how you're feeling, like what is the level of excitement? Also, like what are your limiting beliefs? Um, but let's touch on something that is like identity and how you were raised, because something that I notice is that when I'm speaking in Portuguese and this is, by the way, y'all, I'm going to have to provide a little bit of context here. So. <laughs> I'm originally from Portugal. I left uh, Portugal when I was 21 after, you know, graduating and working in radio. I moved to London. And so my like, you know, forming myself as an adult and all of that um, was in Portugal. And so like there's a lot of things that if you are an adult, your identity kind of like gets stuck. And I saw these memes that was really interesting that says something along the lines of like, you know, when you go back to your hometown, half of you is is rebirth like a like a phoenix because you kind of like go back to how you used to be. And I find that when I'm going back to Portugal, because in Portugal, by and, and if you actually look on this, it's not just my opinion. Like this is how the country operates. Like I love how Americans are so positive up front. Like people are super, you know, like they go from the assumption that you know, everything is exciting. They have like Americans have like these like childlike curiosity, which is great. And they're very like supportive. Like you go on the street and they're like, I love your outfit. And you're like, I don't know you, but thank you. <laughs> um, 
And and like in Portugal, people will tell you seven things they don't lo love about what you're doing. And so maybe they would go, yeah, that's okay. Or maybe they're like, oh, it's your responsibility to do it well. And you're like, that is not very supportive. <laughs> and so when I'm creating content in Portuguese for podcasts and stuff, I have to be so careful to not default to that yeah, identity. Because I, I, I don't feel like I was always like supportive and like, you know, pumping people up. But because of the context, sometimes you default to these like old self. And I feel like I am way more supportive like here in this context in America than I was back in Portugal. And so I always have to catch myself to not do that. So do you find yourself in terms, and you don't have to go like, it doesn't have to be the same, but I always find that I have to be extra cautious in that. That's very interesting. Uh, I, uh, in my case, I don't, I don't know if I have a particular like thing that I'll default. I think that the, the thing that I would I say I would struggle is just I think that when I'm speaking in English I try to be more like proper <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then in Spanish all the colloquialisms just go out <laughs> yeah and so probably that's why you 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 hear a lot more personality there because <laughs> they're just yes. just weird sayings that we have that uh I cannot translate that because there's just no translation. So uh, looking into like some data here, because I'm like, oh, let's look into data, do data nerds. <laughs> we were talking about like how like people are open to consuming both con content in both English and Spanish. And um, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about this because you were you kind of like, oh, this is really interesting. So um, let's talk about like how people have preferences and content and things that may, you know, affect them. So. For what I've been reading in uh, different studies, uh, in the United States at least, um, so you've got families, you've got people who are who come to the States from who, and were born and raised in their country and somewhere in Spanish-speaking country, um, but they come as an adult, maybe like in their 20s. So they've already been exposed to a lot of Spanish and now they're exposed to English. Um, so they might feel okay and comfortable uh, depending on their level for English, they they might feel comfortable in either language. You might have people who were maybe born in their country and coming to the states when they were young. Um, so now English becomes practically their their first language. Their friends are speaking English. Their their classes are in English. Everything is around English. So they might feel more comfortable with that. But then at home they still have Spanish. And then you have people who might be older. And are coming, maybe they're boomers, and they're coming to the States at that age, and their English skills are not as great. They might understand it. They, they can, you know, go about, but it's not their, their strong suit. Uh, they feel more comfortable in Spanish, so they might prefer reading something in Spanish or watching something in Spanish. So it's, you've got almost like three different audiences be, among that Hispanic and that Spanish-speaking community. Personally, in my case, like I mentioned, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, but I spoke, I learned how to speak English at the same time because my dad's from New York. So he would always, and even to this day, he still speaks to us in English. So um, I can switch either way, but it's, it's really a preference um, or lack thereof because language isn't necessarily the, the most important thing, but it's like the content of that and then also the culture aspect of what they're of what that content is bringing obviously if it's the person that 
prefers you know English or prefer Spanish, then you've got that. But the the gist of it is like the content and then the cultural aspect of it, which is I think very cool. Yeah, because I remember uh, when was this? I think it was last year in 2022. There was um, a report organized by um, what was this? Oh my gosh! There's Nielsen and there's Edison Nielsen. Edison Research. Edison is the one that's coming up soon. Yes. So there's Edison Research, and they they started by uh, doing like just like the regular standard uh, data analytics for podcasters and podcast consumption, podcast audiences, and then they moved into the let's look into uh, the black community, and then they were like, all right, let's look into the Hispanic community, let's look into women. Like they have been really segmenting uh, parts of the population. So when you were talking about like how really like we're looking at different segments, I remember that they were talking about. In the study, they they there were such interesting elements that I think maybe also like related across the board, depending on like some in some gen, like parts of the population, it may be connected because they were talking about one of the reasons why uh, some parts of the population were not listening to podcasts is it was because they had old cars that were not connected that didn't have CarPlay. And so, for instance, these people would just listen to the radio because by default, their current setup was not really. I mean, you can connect it with like a jack and stuff, but like uh, with an auxiliary right, like right. cable. But like it wouldn't be like the default because it's a little like uh, I mean, like it's not great. Like if you got to like plug the, th the cable and plug it into your phone and like just. Oh, <laughs> um, so, you know what I mean? Like it's it's also like contextual, like sometimes cars that just you know maybe have been in the family for a long long time right. they're like yeah like i'm not listening to podcasts because my car isn't naturally set up for that right. so there's also like I, I think that maybe there's been like a boom in like you know the car industry and all that and so i read somewhere that it was um 49 of hispanic podcast listeners started listening within the last two years well i actually so you're talking about um the way that the podcast is consumed like and um but to kind of tie that up, you know, recently YouTube. So you know that Google Podcast is no longer yes. happy. It's it's closing, right? So YouTube is investing a lot in the podcast industry, and one of the things is being able for you to be able to consume their content no matter what platform, no matter where, and like easily pick up. So like if you're watching something on your TV and then you leave, you want to still watch it. You can easily do that in, in your car player, um, uh, airplay or whatever you need on your on your car, for example. So that's just one thing, one way that the economy, the indus different industries are working in favor of podcasting, which also uh, brings me to another fact. I can't remember the percentage, but uh, Hispanic Latino listeners, uh, podcast listeners are actually more engaged in terms that they they have a higher percentage of viewing video podcast oh yes that's what i wanted to 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 <laughs> mention earlier yes so i even remember that the study from edison research actually mentioned that initially the reason why a lot of people were going and i had this because i had a listener uh, she was portuguese but she came to me and she's like i'm listening to your podcast on youtube because i can have the captions on and actually catch up with what you're saying so she was actually improving her English as she was listening to me. And again, like I speak really fast. That's a problem. So <laughs> I understand that she needed she needed the, uh, the subtitles. 
But um, then she messaged me like months and months later. She's like, I can now listen to you without the subtitles. And this feels like a win. But uh, which I was so excited for her. But I, I think that is really important to see because I think even in that uh, in the Nielsen report, they were talking about how that actually we're moving away from that. People are not anymore listening just to like either learn, learn the language or get more contextual information actually is because they are interested in the topic, which I was like, that's really cool. The transition of audiences. And well, it's another it's along that same line. Uh, I don't know if you are the same, but I love my guilty pleasure is watching holiday movies. Like I love watching holiday chick flicks. Like Hallmark? Anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like from Harry Potter to anything that's oh. cheesy, <laughs> I will watch it. And that's my thing. But one thing that I've been enjoying over the past, like that I enjoyed a lot last year was more of these cheesy, amazing movies in different languages. <laughs> so the, this is a Netflix. So Netflix, it's not just showing uh, content in one particular language. It's really sh uh, suggesting content based on the topic. So like I noticed that. Right. So so just think of think of, of that. That's that's another example of how like the language isn't necessarily a barrier anymore, um, because then now, you know, if we have these AI tools, I know you mentioned earlier you wanted to discuss that, but like we we have some AI tools like just YouTube's auto caption. Uh, you're already like bridging that that gap in you know, even if you don't know a particular language, you could still find value in whatever they're saying. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And um, yeah, like if you are now looking at, you know, how Spotify is going to be uh, kind of sampling your voice and uh, using it to get into other languages. It's amazing because then you suddenly have you are able, like, for instance, I don't know any German, but like I could get my content in German, right? And, and, and so people could connect with what you're saying. You can reach so many more people. But you and I were discussing this, how we were like a little kind of like on the verge, because like, well, if, you know, I don't want to create content in Portuguese uh, because I don't think that it makes sense uh, for my business. Um, but like if I just toggle in in the future, just that like that setting that says, hey, OK, like Portuguese. translate this to Portuguese. I'm going to be so pissed off. It's like translating it in a way where like I would not use that word <laughs> at all. Or like that is like so flat. Like, where's my personality? Um, so that comes across like, I guess, like at some point as a creator, you have to determine, like, do I want to create reach um, and just like increase my reach and, and like be on it like 100 percent? Or do I want to take the time and really maybe assess some markets that I want to create content on? Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of food for thought in there. Like, what is your goal? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then YouTube, even earlier this year, uh, I think they were they started rolling it out to certain accounts. I don't know if it's I haven't seen it in mine available. Um, where now you could do, you can add different tracks of audio, different audios to that same video oh. without having to um, create, I think Mr. Beast is an example. Like he has oh, yes. his regular channel and then you've got, he, I think he has a Spanish channel and it's translated, it's dubbed, but now like you don't have to do double the uploads and double the, you know, the anything. So it's all added to that same video, up that same initial video. So um obviously you need to have that feature available and then you would need to it's not automated it's not an ai thing you need to actually maybe have somebody dub it whether it's you or or you pay for that service but 
it's another way to bridge that gap of that language gap. So I think that we can probably start wrapping up. Um, was there something that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to like let listeners know about? Um, I think we discussed a lot in terms of like imposter syndrome, but if you're a content creator, or if you're thinking of being a content creator, uh, whether it's in your native language or not, just, you know, show up as you are, um, you will have an audience that will follow you in, in, you know, just when you're authentic to yourself, it's going to show up across your, your content. Yeah, I agree. And like, again, like I, I just did a podcast episode on like the fake it until you make it. And one of those things is like that, like you feel like you're coming from a place where you don't, where you're like, quote unquote, lacking and you're not enough. And where, you know, like how cool is it that if you start today and, you know, you are doing podcast episodes where you may have to read or you're still struggling a little bit. And then two years from from now, like you feel so comfortable in the language deep, you know, down that route, you can connect with listeners who maybe are doing the same path or maybe you're trying to break into like a new market mm -hmm. and how exciting it is to just like share that, the journey, because, you know, there will always be people who, you know, are better than us anyway, but like we connect to people and I feel like we, people do business with people. And so like, every single facet that like you can talk about like your your personal journey your personal story will attract a bigger more engaged audience than just talking about facts and how how to's if you can weave that way more powerful absolutely um yeah. all right well yesenia it was so good chatting to you and and going through like all of these like limiting beliefs that we all have as multilinguals and just hopefully like honestly i want to say that Hiring a, a a coach or hiring a consultant who does have that experience is so important. And you actually do that, right? Like you coach uh, and you work with multilingual uh, podcasters. Yeah. So let's let's plug a little bit of the work you do just <laughs> at the end of this, because why not? <laughs> yeah, so I do video podcast and marketing coach. So it, whether it's in English or Spanish, I, I do French as well, but that's not, not much. You do? Yeah. What? Okay. All right. Okay. Bonjour. We're going to like start talking French next time. All right. The next, the next episode, the continuation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, uh, I coach video um, entrepreneurs, so small business owners, entrepreneurs on video podcasting and content creation and how you can use video and or podcast as part of like your main content to uh, whether it's promote your services, your business, or use that as your um, um, lead. Perfect. All right. Well, that was, that's great. Uh, so they can find you online at focusemblomstudios.com and also on Instagram, focusemblomstudios. Perfect. Well, and obviously like we'll have all the links to all of that um in the show notes i really appreciate you for for coming in and having this wonderful conversation that started as a train wreck on my side but eventually we got there gracias so, gracias obrigada, obrigada. you also speak portuguese obrigada so. <laughs> amazing all right well yesenia thank you for for being here thank you for sharing your tips um and uh for the listener i cannot tell you how important it is that you keep creating content that is imperfect that like moves you on your journey a bit, a bit, little by little. But like when you look back, it's just such, such a path that you've been on. Like, again, like keep doing it. And um, all the resources that I mentioned, and uh, if you want to work with me as well, there will be all the links on uh, thepodcastbase.com 
uh, slash podcast. This will be episode 39. So make sure that you search for that and you share it as well with a multilingual uh, or bilingual uh, creator that needs to hear this and connect with us on Instagram. I'd love to hear you. All right. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world and it helps others discover the show. And if you want to get your hands on more video podcasting resources, head on over to focusandbloomstudios.com and check out our tools and resources for video podcasters and content creators just like you. I'll see you on the next episode.